Okay, so this morning I'm going to begin a new series, and the series is called Beyond 2020 Vision. You know, I smile to myself, Riley, when I think of all the pastors who, who burst into 2020 with a new series entitled 2020 Vision, and then watch COVID implode the whole thing. I'm quite glad that wasn't me. However, I'm confident now. Are we confident now that we're getting towards the tail end of this thing? And so I'm going to work through a version of this series. And I'm going to do that for several reasons. First of all, it's always good to refresh our vision. Number two, do you know what? The COVID experience has called for at least some reevaluation. And number three, as we come out of the other end, there needs to be some relaunching. And Barn Global said amen. We also, I think, need to be reminded of what has not changed. However influential COVID, the whole COVID experience may have been. So we're going to spend quite a few weeks actually looking at the concept of vision. Vision, what do you see? You understand when I use the word see, there's, there's two references there. There's what we can see with our natural eyes and what we can see with our faith eyes, with our spiritual eyes. Our vision is what we see. Why is the perspective that you have, why are the lenses that you look through so crucial. We're going to talk about that. But what do we see as a church? And what do you see personally, or, or perhaps what do you need to see personally going forward? I'm convinced those are all very significant questions, as we'll see. So here's, here's a key thought that I want to launch into this with. And it's this, what you see in front of you is going to strongly influence your direction of travel. So, so if, you see a, if you see a pothole in front of you, you'll, you'll change direction to avoid it. If you don't see it, you're far more likely to fall in. If you can see the opportunity you'll move towards it. If you don't, you'll probably miss it, trundling by oblivious. So the million dollar question, sounds better than million pound question, it sounds a bit weird. The million dollar question is, what do you see? Through, through what lens are you looking at your world through right now? Through what lens are you looking at your circumstances through or, or your relationships through? Or are you seeing your decisions through or making your future plans through? And then are you seeing what God wants you to see? Because see, here's the challenge. Sometimes what we see gets distorted or warped we can be distracted or sidetracked. 
Sometimes we get blinded and we miss crucial things that we need to see. So sometimes our, our eyes get turned, we get seduced, if you like, and start looking in the wrong direction. This morning, I'd like to propose that there are several different types of vision, different lenses, if you like, that we look through, or perspectives that we tend to see. There are five on my list for today. It's not an exhaustive list. I wanted to have 10 on my list, but I love you more than that. <laughs> Don't want to keep you here for two hours. Here's my list of, of five. Five possible visions or lenses we see through. Number one is hindsight. Number two is tunnel vision. Number three is the status quo. Number four is natural vision. And number five is supernatural vision. And if you're smart, which I suspect you are, you'll be able to figure out where we're headed with this. The plan we're going to do is we're going to look at each one. We're going to ask, what does that vision see? And actually, we're going to apply it to our individual lives this week. Uh, and the next week, I think, we'll apply it to, to our vision as a church, as a whole. So work out through, way through those. Number one is hindsight. Definition. Hindsight is what you see when you look back at something something that has already happened with the advantage of being able to see now how it actually played out. Hindsight, the opposite is foresight, which is the ability to look ahead and to predict what is likely to happen. Hindsight is, is 2020, as they say. And if I was cynical, which I'm not, if I was cynical, I'd say hindsight is looking back at what happened in the past and pretending you were the only one who was really clever all along. Dare I say there's been an awful lot of that going on through COVID. Whatever you do, please don't give yourself more credit for hindsight than you deserve. Politicians take note. But the flip to that is, is the hindsight can be an incredibly useful tool. You know, there's, there's a wisdom that, that reflects and that analyzes and processes in order to inform that foresight, the ability to look forward to the next time. You probably are familiar with the idea of trial and error. Well, in maths, there's a better tool. It's called trial and improvement. Every time we run the trial, we tweak a little bit to improve it a little bit more so we get closer to the perfect solution. If I knew then what well, I know now, what would I have done differently? What might I have done better? But I think at this point, it's important to acknowledge that, that we did not know then what we know now. So with that in mind, we need to be really careful how we handle hindsight. You know, there are always unknowns. There are always uncontrollables. 
There are always unexpected twists and turns. There were last time, and there will be next time. So I'd say this. Hindsight can be a very useful lens, but it must be used as a tool to teach us, not a stick to beat us. Two sides to that, I think. First is don't let other people beat you up with a stick of hindsight. There are no prizes for being wise after the event. But equally, don't beat yourself up with it either. You know, lots of, lots of the problems that people have with guilt and with regret and with shame are because they use hindsight as a stick with which to beat themselves. No one stuffs up on purpose. We all make the best decisions we can with the information that we have at the time. And here's the good news. It is the beauty of the gospel. With the gospel, looking through a gospel lens, the application of hindsight becomes grace and not condemnation. It becomes redemption, not regret. It becomes a reboot, not the big boot. And here's the balanced use of hindsight. With the tools that I had, with the prayers that I prayed, with the counsel that I took, I made the best decision I could at the time not knowing how, how the factors outside of my control were going to turn out. And then as I look back through that lens, yes, I've learned valuable lessons. My character has strengthened. My experience has broadened. My skills have been honed. And that's what hindsight should be looking for and building on. That's hindsight at its best. To summarize that quickly before we move on, we all look through the lens of hindsight from time to time. The truth is that what has gone before is weighty. What has gone before is influential. And that can be positive and powerful. But it can also be negative, destructive. So we must learn to use hindsight to inform us going forward, not to feed any sense of regret or shame. So I'm, I'm confident that, that COVID and hindsight and future planning are tied together. A little more of that, I think, next week. That's lens number one. Lens number one is hindsight. Lens number two is tunnel vision. So we'll apply this personally, and we're going to apply it corporately next week. Tunnel vision is when all you can see is the nose at the end of your face. You know, it's very easy in the midst of your circumstances to get stuck in a tunnel where literally all you can see is what's straight ahead of you. You know, you hope there's light 
at the end of the tunnel, but it seems as though there are just dark walls on every side, left and right, above and below. This is different to, to peripheral vision. Peripheral vision enables you to see options. It enables you to see opportunities. It gives you a sense of optimism. You ever find yourself in that tunnel? Tunnel is a place where, where fear presses in, where hope feels lost, where escape seems almost impossible. You know what, that tunnel can stop you from seeing who's there to help. That, that tunnel can stop you seeing the different directions that you could take. That tunnel can stop you remembering that, that you've conquered this mountain before. From remembering that, as the psalmist said, sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, from a theological perspective, the enemy is trying to enclose tunnel walls around you. Little verse, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. The enemy is trying to blind people's eyes. Why? Because you are of no danger to him blinded in a tunnel. And so he has a full gambit of tricks designed to convince you that you're stuck in a tunnel. And in a tunnel, it seems there's only one direction you can go. And the tunnel maker is trying to control that. That's how a tunnel works. That's what tunnels are for. They're to force you in a certain direction. Here's the glorious good news. In Christ... We have glorious and total freedom. He's broken our chains. He's torn down those constraining walls. He's opened our prison doors. He has shined his light into the darkest of corners. He has revealed truth to disempower every deception and every distortion and every distraction. Now we know it's a spiritual battle. And at times we do find ourselves in that tunnel. And if we do, we're in danger of seeing everything through that lens. I'd say this, if you find yourself in that place, we need to help you break out. To be honest, I, I try to preach into that every week. And this morning we have a ministry team that are ready to pray with you at the end of the service, that that blinkers will fall off, that you'll burst out of that tunnel, out of the darkness, into the light that God has shone in your path. It's number two. Number three is the, is the vision of status quo. The status quo vision, you, you might find yourself sometimes looking at your life or circumstances or relationships, or sit situations through this lens, status quo says, this is how it is. This is what it's like today. 
This is what it was like yesterday, and this is what we expect it to be like tomorrow. If we look through status quo eyes, we don't expect anything to change. I won't change. They won't change. It won't change. This is just how it is. I think you can see why people start to see like this. Because status quo offers, offers a comfort. Status quo offers a, a familiarity. But there can also be a, a resignation. There can also be a denial of the transforming power of God. I don't know about you, I don't want anything that limits the transforming power of God. That leads, I think, nicely to a, to a definition of the word vision. In simple terms, vision is a picture of a preferred future. This is what it is like right now, but here's this picture that I've painted of what I'd love it to look like further down the road, a preferred future. It's the sense that something could be better, indeed should be better or different. For a Christian, vision is a picture or a dream or an outline of what it could look like in God's hands. You know, status quo is, is not necessarily bad, but we do need to ask the question, is this what God has for us? We need to ask questions like this. What, what preferred future would God have us lay it all down for? Don't you long for an inspiring vision to lay it all down for? Questions like this, what, what purpose or what destiny or what legacy does God have in mind for you? Question like this, what, what could the, the atmosphere in my home be like if God had his way? Question like this, how could God transform your workplace or your business or your career and what might it look like if he did, that's vision. And then for us, what could things look like here at the barn if we removed anything holding God back? The trouble is this. If the status quo is all you can see, it's probably all you'll get. Here's a key line. Until you are dissatisfied with the status quo, you are unlikely to make the sacrifices required to force the change we need to get us to where we want to go. But it all starts with what you see. So the question is, can you see a preferred future? Or are you stuck at status quo? Okay, we're doing well. Uh, the last two we're going to do is a pair. We're going to look at natural and supernatural vision together. I'll, I'll define natural vision first. Natural vision is the ability to see around you what your senses are showing you. 
In other words, it's what you can see, what you can hear, what you can smell, what you can taste, and what you can touch. And with natural vision, you know, you can see the, the circumstances in front of you. You can see the people around you. You can see the decisions before you. Natural vision enables you to come to, to factual conclusions and to form logical judgments and to make intelligent decisions. Natural vision is good. God has given you that perspective. There's only one drawback. And the drawback is it is by definition natural and not supernatural. It's physical and not spiritual. It draws on human inference rather than divine inspiration. And therefore, if you're only seeing through the lens of natural vision, there are certain things missing that belong to us as children of God. You're missing out on discernment. You're missing out on insight and intuition that is supernatural vision. Natural vision doesn't take into account the promises of God. Are you aware of the fact that promises of God do not always line up with your natural view? Natural vision doesn't take, doesn't take account, account of the advantage that you have. Remember in John 16, 7, Jesus said it, it is for your good that I go away because then I can send you another comforter, counselor, this word paraclete, the one called alongside to help you. Implication is why would you live without the advantage of that supernatural prophetic faith edge that the Holy Spirit gives you if it's available to you? you know, we forget, the, I think, the mantle that we wear. Natural vision doesn't take account of, of the, the, the prophetic voice. But we have a God who speaks. We have a shepherd with a recognizable voice who leads us beside still waters, who guides us along straight paths. I was thinking this morning, uh, as I was in the bath, don't, don't picture that, please. <laughs> You're in a lovely holy place. Anyway, so I, was, I have no sense of smell. Some would say I have no sense full stop, but I definitely have no sense of smell, which means I'm missing out on things. You know, and, and my family will be smelling the cooking or the flowers or other things, going, oh, isn't that beautiful? I just miss that completely. It's a sense that I just cannot draw from. I will be honest, there have been times in my life when I had three children under the age of four, <laughs> when I was quite grateful I didn't have that sense, but that's another story. The point is I was missing out on that, on that view, that sense. And I just got you know, this idea this morning that, that that's who the Holy Spirit, he, he's the paraclete, he's there alongside to help us. Why would we not look through that lens or draw from that source if we could? Okay, back on course. You know, the crux of the matter is what we need is supernatural vision. Remember Paul's prayer, Ephesians 1 Verses 18 and 19, I pray, said Paul, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, that you might know the riches of his glorious inheritance 
in his holy people, and you might know his incomparably great power for us who believe. You know, supernatural vision is the ability to see what God sees. It's the ability to see through a biblical lens or to see through a gospel lens, to see through through grace eyes. Supernatural vision is the ability to recognize what God is doing and to, to recognize where he is moving and to hear what he is saying and to discern what's happening around you in the spiritual realm. And you know what? Much, much will depend. Much will depend on whether we can see with natural vision or with supernatural vision. Give you a couple of examples. Natural vision. I'm stuck in a dead-end job. Okay, this is me. I'm just making up an example. Okay, don't, don't get any... Okay, I'm stuck in a dead-end job. That's the natural view. The supernatural view is I have a destiny and a purpose in Christ. I have a mission to fulfill. I have good works that he's preordained. I have relationships to cultivate and seeds to sow. See the difference in looking at your workplace through natural eyes and through supernatural eyes. With natural vision, I am financially stuffed. Again, not me, not me. I am financially stuffed, but through my supernatural lens, I can see that God has said to me that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ. You know, maybe when you look through, through natural vision, that, that relationship is, is stark and it's dysfunctional and it's broken. But th- through that supernatural faith, prophetic lens, I can see the maneuverings, the workings of the love of God. I, I can see the transformational power of the Spirit of God. And I can see the healing potential of the forgiveness of God. So the key question is what does God want us to see through supernatural eyes? What does God God want you to do? Perhaps more importantly, who, who does God want you to be? What does God want us to see? What does God want you to seek? You know, God wants to show you what to aim for. He wants to show you what to prioritize. He wants to show you the seed to sow. He wants to show you what's on his heart. God wants to show you what he's already doing so you can join in. The danger is we're too busy trying to get God to see what we're doing in the hopes that he might join in. Now, God wants us through supernatural eyes to see where others are hurting. He wants us to see through supernatural eyes how grace works, where it's needed. He wants us to be able to see what freedom is and what that means for you and what that means for them. The bottom line is, it is things will look very different through those five different lenses. 
know, some of the things I've just talked about there, that the tunnel vision just misses all of that. Status quo isn't even looking. Natural vision skirts around the edges, might find natural substitutes, but misses the key ingredient. Hindsight can be, can be useful in informing it, but is no substitute for supernatural foresight. Do you know, we need supernatural vision. You need it in your life. I need it in my life. We need it in our church life too. We need supernatural vision to shape where we're looking, to shape what we're seeing, and to shape where we're heading. And as I said, we're going to apply that to church life next week. Okay, how do we respond to that this morning? First of all, by having a slug of water. Feel free, help yourself. Okay, so how do we respond? A few questions we can ask this morning, take to the Lord. Question number one is, do you use hindsight as a tool to inform or a stick to beat? I want you to think about your own relationship with your past. Very good news. As Christians, we, we get to have a very different relationship with things that are past. It's called grace. It's called gospel. It's called the blood of Jesus. So the question is, as you look back over your shoulder, is it tormenting you or is it teaching you? And guess which one it's supposed to be? As you look back, has it produced redemption or just lingering regret? I'd encourage you to take that to the Lord this morning as we respond. The good news is there is forgiveness at the cross to erase guilt and shame. And through the lens of the blood of Christ, you can see the past in a very different light. Number one. Possible response number two. Are you in that tunnel? Do you feel right now as you're being, you're being sucked down a dark path and the light head just seems to keep getting further and further away and smaller and smaller? and smaller. It has your vision become impaired? Has your vision become blinkered? Has your vision become hopeless? And if you find yourself in that place this morning, this is good news for you, because God is speaking to you today. And if that is you, I'd encourage you, when we sing in just a minute, to come to the front and let the ministry prayer team Pray for you and pray freedom and forgiveness and the blood of Jesus over you. Great thing to do. Number three, question number three. Are you stuck in status quo? Has that sense of expectation evaporated? Couldn't quite find the words that I was pondering, but I, I get the sense that COVID has busted a lot of expectation. And where once we were hopeful and bold, now we're kind of held back a little bit, a bit timid 
and uncertain, and in some cases, even hopeless. It has, has the expectation that God might intervene, faded. Or the expectation that victory in your circumstances can be yours. Or that the change that you long for could finally happen. Are you stuck in status quo? Other parts of that, have you become complacent? Have you, have you find yourself stalled or stuck? Has your life become a little bit formulaic, a little bit ritual, a little bit the same today as it was yesterday? And I'd say this, today will be a great day to burst out of status quo. That would be a great prayer to pray this morning as we respond. Perhaps the worship team could come up. I'm nearly there. Fourth one, fourth and final one is, do you have supernatural vision? In the busyness of your life, have you forgotten to include God? Have you asked what God wants you to do? What he wants you to change? What he wants you to pursue, press into? And I'd say this, if you don't know, if you don't know, ask him. If you want more, ask him. And if you do see clearly, this is a great opportunity today to get back on your knees and to rededicate that vision, those plans and those dreams to him.